What up, world? Surpass first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every single weekday. Coming at you Monday through Friday, free on all platforms. So make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. Trade deadline day, it came and passed. Came and came and done went, and the Trailblazers made some moves, reshaping the roster. Um, let's just cut to the chase. I don't think they got better, and I think maybe got got worse on purpose. Hard to know, quite frankly, how how and why exactly it went down. But let's let's talk about what happened. Let's give. Uh, I'll give you my my honest opinion. I, I have sort of the the more rosier opinion that I think if you want to disagree with maybe my natural pessimism that there's there is a there is a generous read there is an optimistic read about what the Blazers did today that I think you can you can take into the off season and then we'll look around the West and see what other teams did stuff and got better to close the show. But first, here's what happened. Uh, the Blazers made a trade. We talked about this yesterday. The first trade they made was right before tip-off of uh, Wednesday night's game against the Warriors. They traded Josh Hart to the New York Knicks in exchange for Cam Reddish, uh, Ryan Archidiakono, and a lottery-protected 2023 first-round pick. Then they moved today, sending two second-round picks uh, in part of a three-team deal that involved the Charlotte Hornets and the Philadelphia 76ers, sending out two picks in exchange for defensive specialist Matisse Thibel. Then, part of a multi-team deal, a four-team deal, the Blazers got in, got involved with the Pistons, the Hawks, and the Warriors, sending Gary Payton to, back to the Bay, back to the Warriors, and in exchange, they received Kevin Knox, who's playing for the Pistons, and five second-round picks. Uh, also, prior in that in the Josh Hart, Cam Reddish uh, trade, they had received Sveem Halik from the Knicks, and he was rerouted to the uh, Charlotte Hornets. So, all told, the Blazers get bring in Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibel, Kevin Knox, Ryan Archidiakono, and five second-round picks, and they send out Josh Hart, two second-round picks, and Gary Payton the second. So, I don't want to, I don't want to phrase this like how should you feel, uh, because this is my podcast. I feel the way I feel, so uh, I think this is like this is. Uh, you know, maybe this is stupid to clarify this, but this is like my my read on the situation, and uh, you, you hopefully you can use my takes to inform your own. I think it's very reasonable maybe to disagree with me and and feel better about the Blazers, but I I, I feel the way I feel. I think the Josh Hart trade was okay business. I think getting a uh, first round pick in 2023 for Josh Hart pretty good, especially considering the Blazers' situation where uh, they have a lottery protected pick that is owed to the Bulls. So if the Blazers do indeed make the playoffs this year, they um, that will convey to the Bulls. But if they miss it, they get to keep it, and it's lottery protected uh, with that same type style of thing. The Blazers have to make the playoffs to give it to the Bulls through 2028. It's it's an encumbered for many years to use a CBA term uh, encumbered through 2028. Um, you don't see prick predictions often like that. I think the Blazers were pretty confident they were going to make the playoffs last year and things went the other way. So getting that first round pick back in exchange for Hart, pretty good. Um, I'm not a big Cam Reddish guy. Uh, He certainly was highly recruited coming out of high school. He was supposed to be really good. He had some flashes early in his career with the Hawks where he was really good. He just fell out of favor in New York and just never, you know, hasn't played since early December. Basically has only made 20 appearances this year. Um, 
I have I am maybe skeptical that he turns into like a high level wing, but he certainly has the skill set to become that. He's you know, six eight. He's got a little bit of off the dribble juice. He was supposed to be a shooter coming out of college, coming out of Duke. He just hasn't really put that together with any consistency. Show flashes of being a pretty good defender, but I don't think he's uh, been like a high level defender with consistency. He's shown a little bit of three, a little bit of D, but not enough to be like a true three and D wing. Although he has some of the skills, I'm pretty skeptical of him being like an impactful NBA player. But he wouldn't be the first dude, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, to not stick in his first two spots, find a place that sticks for him, and end up being pretty good. Um, it, w- it wouldn't it wouldn't be shocking if he was if he proved me wrong. But like, I want to put my cards on the table. I'm not much of a believer um, in in maybe him and maybe him necessarily figuring out from from the, the little bit of I wa- I've watched of him. Uh, certainly in his um, in his his early Atlanta days, I was much more of a believer than than whatever happened to him in New York. The two second round picks in exchange for Matisse Thibel. I like it. I mean, that's like, that's good business. Um, Matisse is a guy who is an elite defender, uh, elite defensive playmaker, um, kind of, uh, you know, steals and blocks and like the sort of statistical defensive stuff, but also just like he's, he's, uh, he, he's interested in, and, um, intrigues with playing defense, right? Like you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to get it from him on that end. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to provide the, the sort of intensity, the effort and all of those things. He's not like super big or anything. He's like more of like a two, three than a three, four. And I think the Blazers probably need a three, four than, than a two, three, but he's longer than Josh Hart, even though they're about the same size. He's a better defensive player. The problem is he's really limited on offense. The knock on Matisse Thibel is just, he never put it together enough on offense to be able to play in high leverage situations. It's why the uh, Sixers moved on from him and went with Jalen McDaniels, who's just like straight up, straight up better player than him. Um, Maybe not dramatically better. and, and, And Matisse has like, has shot more frequently and at a and higher volume and more accurately than Josh Hart. So like the Blazers get assuming that he's like similar to Josh Hart in some ways, um, he is uh, you know you get a better defensive player and a guy who's who's just straight up shot it better this year than Josh. Hart brings a level of rebounding, that that end-to-end transition push, um, a little bit of ball handling, a little bit of secondary playmaking, although he wasn't um, as good as that and wasn't asked to do that very much here. But I think the like the price that they paid for Tybal is a, is great. It's good, it's good stuff. Great is like a maybe an overstatement, but like even with his weaknesses, I think the cost of what it took to to uh, to bring Tybal here is is good business. So early on in the trade deadline, the Cam Reddish and the Tybal stuff. Well, I, I didn't. I don't think that's super exciting by any means. Um, I think Josh Hart's better than both those guys pretty pretty easily. But um, you know, uh, you get a little bit bigger because Cam Reddish is six eight. You get a little bit longer because because Tybal's got a, a much longer wingspan than Hart. Like, yeah, sure. You, I could be talked into it. Then. Right up, um, right up against the deadline, the Bla- it is announced that the Blazers are part of this multi-team deal that sends uh, Gary Payton to the Warriors. And uh, according to reporting from Jason Quick of the Athletic, Payton just was unhappy. He was unsettled, unhappy, and didn't want to didn't want to be in Portland. And the Blazers just said, "Okay, if you don't want to be here, we'll get you out of here." And they traded him for five second-round picks and and Kevin Knox. Um, Knox was highly touted, right? Like coming out of Kentucky, if you can remember back to 2018, he was a hot pick to win rookie of the year for the Knicks. It has never worked out for him. Even playing on the Pistons, who are one of the worst teams in the league, he could never carve out a real role. Just can't shoot. Um, there's times where he's with the Pistons that he's kind of, his energy has, has allowed him to overcome some of that. But, 
Um, it's hard to be a wing in this league and his his sort of the size and, and what Knox brings to the table if you don't have shooting. It's like it's a it's it's a big it's a big problem in the league. Um, I, I don't expect him to have much of a role. I expect Reddish and Tybal to play and be part of the rotation. I don't expect Knox to have a role. But the real thing here is losing Gary Payton. And losing Gary Payton for, you know, a young dude who's 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 hasn't found it in Kevin Knox and five second round picks. I, it's hard to know, you know, all of a sudden this was the trade deadline where second round picks were the things that people were tossing around for value. So yeah, like, you know, what second round picks are, are they are a chance to draft Jabari Walkers of the world. You know, you find a gem in the 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 end of the draft. And I think Jabari Walker is pretty clearly an NBA player at 57, but the Blazers don't need like five chances to draft Jabari Walker. They need high level starters to put next to Damian Lillard. So really what these second round picks are more functionally, they're like sweeteners for a future trade. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, it's just, Gary Payton was their big signing this summer. He was the, they used their mid-level exception because they paid him more than, uh, more than like the, whatever the taxpayer line, the taxpayer mid-level line, a, a line that the Warriors like legally could not go up to. So they just basically outbid his, the incumbent team um, by, by virtue of, of the way the salary cap works or the CBA works, contracts work. Uh, you know, they were able to pry, pry Peyton away from a place he probably wanted to be. And he was just never happy here. It sounds like he was never happy here. I don't know. I'm, I'm reading from Quick's, Quick's reporting in The Athletic. So um, uh, it's like, I, in, I would say, generally speaking, that one seems bad bad and because you leave the you leave the trade deadline down Josh Hart and up you know guys who are kind of like fringy rotation players no 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 none of these dudes guaranteed to play like big minutes on a playoff team um, I think Hart is so none of these guys guaranteed to play big minutes on a playoff team and five second round picks I haven't even mentioned Ryan Archie Diacono um you know insurance third point guard end of the bench type of guy um at one point i think a friend of mine i, I said this on the podcast last night was really into archie as or arch as he called him being a, a, a legit nba backup point guard um i don't think i don't think that's shared across the league but like he's it's like a negative he's just like a end of the bench end of the bench um emergency point guard type player um i don't really have a take on him go heels is my take villanova broke my heart too many times or at least once really bad time but like you leave with you you leave with like fringe rotation guys. You lose Josh Hart, who was for all of his flaws, brought it every night, and Gary Payton, who was supposed to be this big prize offseason thing that was a guy who's going to transform your defense. On paper, the Blazers are worse. They're worse. They're worse today than they were when it started. They're worse, and I think that's the frustrating part, right? It's not that. Uh, at least it's not necessarily, I should say, that that they screwed up this trade deadline. Because I think there's a way to read this as like they didn't screw it up. They're just they're 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 moving they're moving the target a little bit. But this team was you know on the edge of the play-in. They haven't they've talked pretty openly about wanting to be a playoff team. Their needs were shooting, better upgrades to their defense and size. They got a little bit taller. That's it. Let's talk about why I feel this is so underwhelming a little bit more, and then I'll give you my sort of rosy outlook, optimist's outlook on this in the second segment. But first, 
I want to tell you that this show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have have subscriptions that they forgot about, like the streaming service you bought to watch just one show on or that free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Simply find the subscription you don't want, press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away. Uh, cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MBA. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. All right. I usually don't stretch the all right out. That's a new all right just for the post trade deadline. All right. The Blazers are worse than they were. They're worse than they were yesterday. I think you can disagree with that. Maybe you're a big Tybo believer. Maybe you're a big Cam Reddish believer. Uh, but I think the Blazers are worse than they were yesterday. And I think the strange part about it is it kind of feels like that's on purpose. Joe Cronin didn't speak to the media today. He'll, he's going to speak to the media Friday. So his comments, which I don't think they'd be like super valuable, but I think that I, w- I certainly would share his his. Um, spin, if nothing else, uh, in, in, in this space. He's, he's going to speak to the media on Friday, February 10th. So uh, if there's noteworthy things that come out of that that moment, um, that press conference, we will um, we'll discuss them on Monday's show. So so look for that. But the, the real takeaway for me is that this felt, the Blazers got worse. I feel like they got worse on purpose, and that's underwhelming because they're a team with the best player, franchise icon, is 32 years old, and Dane might be having the best season of his career. If he's not having the best season of his career, he's having one of them, one of the two or three best of his career. I think you could argue this is the best he's ever played. And instead of empowering him to take a, you know, at least a punch at the playoffs, the Blazers aren't going to really make noise in the playoffs. Um, you know, if even if they made minor moves or, or stood pat, right? They were, but but a puncher's chance if if you don't get worse and you try to improve the team, you address some of their needs: shooting, which they just they just need another shooter. Upgrading their defense, which they might have. I don't. I, I, they might have. They might have. They might be better across the board on defense with Tybal and Cam Reddish, but I don't really know. And size, they still don't have enough size. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic still on the roster, and he's hoping to be back for uh, after, after the All Star break, but. Um, if he's not, you're really small. And if he is, you're still pretty darn small. Drew Eubanks is, you know, 6'9", but he's not, like, super bulky. He's not, like, this big, you know, he's he's physical and plays hard and all those things, but he's not super bulky. They needed more size. They just needed to add more size. That had to be a priority if they were serious about going for it. Adding some shooting seemed to be a serious priority if they were, ser- if they were serious about going for it. They didn't address those. And it feels underwhelming. And why I think that it feels like they're getting worse on purpose is because maybe that's the plan. Maybe they looked at the at the at the the way the West was shaking out. Maybe they looked at their first, um, you know, at their this first stretch of games, the first fifty five games, and said, "Hmm, we're not very good, and if we miss the playoffs, we're going to get something like the eleventh pick in the draft, twelfth pick in the draft, whatever it is." 
So you get a 12th pick in the draft. You the the Knicks make the playoffs. You get the 20th pick in the draft. You have 12 and 20 in this year's draft. You can then, if you have those two first round picks, you know, send one to the Chicago to to free up your the obligation you owe to them of a future pick. Or you can say, hey, we'll give you next year's pick. We'll take off the restrictions because you're comfortable because you're going to have two draft picks or whatever it might be, right? Like you'll have more ammo to um, to feel comfortable lifting those restrictions. So it seems like to me, or you have them just straight up to trade, right? You have 12 and 20, 9 and 19, whatever it might be, where they land in the lottery. Um, obviously, they could win the lottery, and that that's really going to change things. But like, really, you know, realistically, whatever, um, they're gonna they're you're gonna have two picks in the top 20, and this year, if you miss the playoffs, and it feels like that's what the Blazers said we, they would rather do. You get you know the restricted free agent rights on Reddish, the restricted free agent rights on Tybal. Um, you get to. You, you can uh, figure out what you want to do with Knox if you want to keep him. You 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 have like team control over young guys that if they are good this year, you can keep them in the fold. You don't have future money owed to anybody. You get these second round picks that can use as sweeteners. Um, and it's hard to read the Gary Payton thing as anything as them just cutting bait with someone who didn't want to be around. But um, it's like it's it is it seems like the plan was or they got to this point and they said this season isn't going to be for us and. We're just going to head the other way. We're not going to aggressively head the other way. Not like last year where we, we we fake injuries and like hold guys out. But we're going to say, hey, we can, we'll just naturally miss the playoffs because we're going to get a, like a little bit worse and teams around us got better. That'll happen. That'll take care of itself. And we'll be comfortable where we land and we'll, we'll try again in the summertime feels underwhelming because they didn't go for it with Damian Lillard. If you're um, a longtime listener, regular listener to this podcast, if you're not and you're new, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Funny time to get on board, but I'm super excited that this is your first Locked On Blazers because every Locked On Blazers is somebody's first Locked On Blazers. But it's a bummer because you have Dame playing at this level. You have Jeremy Grant playing maybe the best basketball of his career. You have Amphrey Simons having the best season of his career. Those are arguably your three best players having career seasons. You, <laughs> they weren't going to make a move to like the big splash. If you're a regular listener, like I was saying before I got sidetracked a little bit, it's like I was, I have been saying like it makes more sense and it's easier for them if they are going to make an all-in type of move to do it in the summertime because that's when those all-in moves are more available to them. Like everyone's screaming about Kevin Durant, like kind of seems like the Brooklyn Nets just negotiated specifically with the reporting basically from um, Chris Haynes and also of Adrian Wojnarowski. It's like they basically just negotiated with the Suns. It was just like, let's make it, let's make it happen. The Suns called them. They, they made the trade happen. It wasn't like, it wasn't like Durant like was openly shopped around or anything like that. Um, and so, you know, the Blazers didn't really have, they couldn't have matched Phoenix's offer, but it's like, the idea was if there is an unhappy star somewhere, the summertime is usually more typically when, when one, teams are more likely to blow things up, and two, it's a little bit easier to Blazers to make a massive trade, totally reshape the roster, and then have several months to kind of piece the stuff back together, either th- via the draft or via fr- minimum free agent signings or, or future trades or whatever it might be. Like the summer is, is often when rosters get remade more aggressively than at the trade deadline when things really come together in about 72 hours um, after, after months and months of negotiating but no, but no action really happening. It always made sense for them to wait for the summertime to make their big move. That's what I've been saying on the, on the show. It's like, it, uh, that, to me, that always made sense. So I'm not like killing them for not going all in. I'm killing them for not clearly trying to get better and address their needs. That's why this feels underwhelming. 
because they didn't address those needs and they didn't try to get better. And to me, they're worse on paper today than they were yesterday. And you come into the deadline with the team you have and the group you have and Jeremy Grant and free agency and all the sort of, um, you know, and, and Damian Lillard playing as well as he is and you get a little bit worse, probably on purpose. That stinks. That is hard to that is hard to stomach as a fan. It's hard to stomach. I, I totally, if you are super mad at the Blazers right now, I totally get it. If you're not, if you're more optimistic, here's why you're more optimistic. It always made sense for the Blazers to make a bigger move in the summer. And nothing they specifically did today, other than I guess trading Gary Payton, but nothing they specifically did today has limited their chances to do that. They're still going to have Anthony Simons. They're still going to have Shaden Sharp, their two best trade pieces. They are still going to have... Um, you know, they added another draft pick, another first round draft pick to the hall. They've added these second round picks. If you need to sweeten stuff down the line, like if you are, if you are willing to be optimistic, the optimistic read, the generous read is that nothing has changed in terms of their goal to make a big splash this summer. If they're going to make an all in move and they were always going to make an all in move in July, nothing they did today prevents them from making an all in move in July. But I'll say this. The whole idea of this season was to assess what fit, get incrementally better, and then set yourself up to be really good next year. The Blazers basically been selling this us on this plan since since training camp when they were pretty openly honest about them probably not being a very good team this year. Um, and then they started really good and kind of changed expectations. But but the, the Joe Cronin and, and Billups and even Damian Lillard to some extent were pretty open about this team not being very good this season. They were they were very honest about this team not being that talented. Um, and, and, and whatever, like that, that's maybe our perception has changed a little bit, but the idea was identify what works, identify what doesn't work, get incrementally better at the trade deadline and incrementally better in the, in the summertime. And then next year you've got your chance. You've got your chance to be really good, to be a team that can talk about going deep into the playoffs, a team that can talk about Western conference finals and even the, um, the F word, the NBA finals, like like for real, like the, the idea was to get incrementally better. They got incrementally worse. They really did. And I think what the, the, the hard part is for me is that if they're asking you to have faith and believe in all of that, you've been sold this before by, by the previous regime. And if, and if you were really thinking like, this is so different than it used to be, which I do think has been a, um, a media talking point around, um, around this team. Does this feel different to you? It doesn't feel different to me. And if you continue to push the, okay, we're going to go for it down the road. Hey, there's going to be a time when we'll go all in and we'll go all in. When it becomes obvious that Dame's 32, the Blazers have to do it this summer, the path that they have to tread, the path they have to walk to become really good is so stinking narrow. You want to do it incrementally. You want to get there with steps. A good Jeremy Grant, a good fit. Amphrey Simons, a breakout year. Okay, we're going to make this trade, get a little bit better. We're going to make this trade, get a little better. And then with these parts now, you know, it's steps one, two, three, and four worked. Steps five and six are super big swing. And then some minimum signings behind that big swing. And now we're, a, we're, now we're like uh, in the contender circle. Or at least closer to, much, much closer to it. The Blazers didn't do that. And maybe they set themselves up for a big trade and maybe it happens and, and you go back and you look and you say, remember that February 10th episode that Mike did? What a freaking doofus. I'm comfortable being wrong. Because it's, how I feel is that you they've set themselves up for 
June and July or July and August are going to be so crucial for them to, 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 to perfectly thread this needle, to perfectly walk down this path. And that path is just wildly narrow. It is so stinking thin. It is, it is the margin for error as you continue to push it down the line with the, with the acknowledgement that Damian Lillard is aging. It's, it's real. Like he's fantastic. He might even have two more seasons at this level. But if you waste this one, then you have 164 regular season games to get it right. And that's assuming perfect health. That's assuming Jeremy Grant stays at this level and stays on the team. That's assuming Anthony Simons continues, you know, from this year to a, a thing that's even better in the following years and all those things. Like, it's tough. I think they got worse, and I think it's okay to feel like a little bit, I don't know if cheated is the right word, but a little bit miffed by how things went down let's look at the rest of the league who else got better in the west a little quick uh trade deadline primer of uh, moves around the league but first i want to tell you about our new sponsor fan duel the only app you're going to need at your super bowl party america's number one sports book i'm super excited to tell you about our new sports betting partner for locked on it's fan duel and if you're new to fan duel that's even better they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy you can download fan duel now so you can bet on super bowl 57 that's this very weekend with a no sweat first bet you'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown the FanDuel sports app sportsbook app is safe secure and super easy to use and best of all you can get paid your winnings instantly so join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 that's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of the NFL Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's look around the league. The Blazers probably got a little bit worse. Who got better? The Denver Nuggets. They traded away Bones Highland to the Clippers and got Thomas Bryant. Uh, the Nuggets probably needed a backup center. They're good enough to win a championship without doing anything, probably. Um, I think they bolstered their bench a little bit. Bones has been... I, Bones Highland's a fun player, but... He's um, kind of been out of the rotation, and they have been losing his minutes, and it's been clear that he was going to go somewhere. He heads to the L.A. Clippers. Grizzlies, they added Luke Kennard, lefty shooter, um, went to the wrong college, but I think he's a pretty good basketball player. Kings basically didn't do anything. They added Kessler Edwards. The Mavericks added Kyrie Irving. The Clippers uh, really bolstered their bench, adding Mason Plumley, adding Eric Gordon, and adding Bones Highland. Um, I think the Clippers got better. I, 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 I do. The Suns, they got Kevin Stinking Durant. Um, it's somewhat unclear to me who's the fifth starter in Phoenix when all, when all is said and done, but I'll tell you this, they are a championship level team. They are, they are in probably in some circles, not on FanDuel just yet, but, um, but creeping their favorites to win the NBA title just because of their top end talent. If Kevin Durant's healthy, they're going to be very, very, very good. Uh, Pelicans didn't, didn't really do anything. They added Josh Richardson, the, the Timberwolves, uh, shook up. Uh, their point guard spot added Mike Conley. The Warriors added Gary Payton and sent out James Wiseman. The Blazers got a little bit worse. The Jazz got a lot a bit worse. The Thunder didn't really do anything. They traded Mike Muscala. And the Lakers totally rebuilt their bench, adding Jared Vanderbilt, adding Malik Beasley, adding D'Angelo Russell, adding Mo Bamba. The Lakers probably got significantly better. Are the Lakers going to avoid the play-in? I don't know. <laughs> They're going to be right there. But when you look, you know, one team behind the Blazers, the, the Lakers are currently two games back as I'm recording this. Uh, the, uh, 
the West Coast games haven't finished as I'm recording this on Thursday evening. Um, it's, uh, it is, you know, Lakers are, are, are two games back of the Blazers. Uh, I think the Jazz are heading the other direction and the Thunder are still going to be right there. Puncher's chance to stay in the mix. They, they didn't get any worse. The Warriors probably got a little bit better adding Gary Payton. The Timberwolves got better. That's two teams, nine, nine, eight and nine ahead of the 10th place Blazers that got better. Pelicans, um, if Zion Williamson gets back, that'll be their big offseason move. If he, if he ever gets healthy or big trade deadline move. Suns got significantly better. Clippers got a little bit better. Mavericks probably got, got better. I don't know if they got crazy, crazy better because of their defense, but I think they're going to be better. Like I, I, I'm confident in saying the Mavericks will be better in the regular season than with, with Kyrie Irving and so. Kings, just right in the mix, didn't do anything. Grizzlies, minor move. Nuggets, minor moves. But those teams are, are pretty clear of everyone else. That means of the teams that are like ahead of the Blazers in the standings, pretty much only the Kings, which, you know, have a four and a half game lead on, on, on the Blazers and, and, and the Pelicans a game and a half, like didn't make um, some, some real significant moves to their starting lineup type of moves. And one team behind them, the Lakers got significantly better on the bench. Um, Lakers couple that move with with Rui Hachimura, who they had already traded for. Like one of the frustrations with the Blazers is that they had a puzzling, deflating, kind of bizarre trade deadline. Like, so what just happened? Type of deadline, and plenty of other teams in the West made ranging from like minor moves to upgrade the bench to Kevin Durant level seismic moves. Like, it's. It is really hard to win a championship in the NBA. Most teams lose. I've said this a bunch in the show. It's like in the last 40 years, less than half the league has won a title. It's, you know, typically the teams on top stay on top. But the race to get there, particularly in a crowded Western Conference, it requires you to cash in your chips and truly, 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 truly go for it at some point. As the Suns did once by trading for for Chris Paul, and they've done a second time now after, you know, kind of building up that roster around Chris Paul with a championship-level team to say, okay, that was close, but we weren't good enough, and let's cash it in one more time and really go for it again. It's the it's what the Warriors are doing, where certainly dumping James Wiseman was a uh, financial move, but instead of saving a massive amount of money they went out and got someone that's going to help them Gary Payton is a veteran that's going to help them they got better that's what it takes the Lakers for as much as I clown them on the show like they finally rebuilt their team in a serious and aggressive way to go for it by shipping out Russell Westbrook and going for it kind of mended a crappy decision that they'd made with other ones like you you can't you can stand pat if you if you can build around a superstar in their prime for a season but if you do it for multiple years and you kind of make little moves around the margins and never like truly press all in you're counting on kind of like the seismic rise of someone like Nikola Jokic to take you there it's like hey we're pretty good we'll trade for Aaron Gordon and then Nikola Jokic will become one of the three best players in the world and then we'll be a championship level team like teams that win win because they go all in they spend a but the you know bloated massive bills luxury tax bills they spend a ton of money they 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 make aggressive moves to mortgage their future draft picks often not always but often and 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 they take swings knowing that their window for a championship is very narrow and that they will risk some of their future for what they can do in the present the blazers have yet to do that They've yet to do that with Damian Lillard on the roster. They've made some nice moves. They've made some nice moves. I think they've built even some really good teams around them, some very solid teams around them, and, and been consistently successful. 
But to say they really went for it would be, to have really gone for it, I think would be a misnomer. It would be, it would be, it would just, it isn't true. And now they're selling you on, okay, wait till the summer. And to that I say, I'll still be here because I make a show every day. And when they prove me wrong, we'll cover it the same way we cover this. And I'll be excited and have a bunch of fun, you know, like uh, I love ball. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for whatever is next. And obviously we'll, we'll cover the rest of the season here. But like today, this week, I left feeling like, hmm, hmm, how serious is this team about being really good? And how much do I trust them now that they have missed one part of the cycle or, or taken a step away from one part of the cycle to ask for that faith several months down the line. I would say my trust, personally, is dwindling a little bit. Maybe you have a rosier outcome, outlook than I do. You certainly can share it with me if you do. Appreciate you listening. We'll come back next week and, and do more shows. That's what we do. Five days a week, coming at you Monday through Friday, free on all platforms. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the, do the same. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.